Hi, this is Rose and Masood Ramandi from Perfected by Blood Ministries. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We believe this teaching will empower you to grow into the fullness of Christ and inspires you to walk with Him. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. We believe in you and we know that He will appear in your life soon. Enjoy the message. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me again. My name is Rose Romandi and in this channel, we actually peel off another layer of understanding in the scriptures and you will find yourself having those aha moments because we put aside our opinion and the events of the world and we dig deep into the scriptures believing that the scriptures must interpret the scriptures. So if you haven't subscribed to our channel, I invite you to subscribe for weekly revelations and teachings that will transform your life. In this week's teaching, we are going to talk about the parable of the persistent widow that we can find this actually in Luke chapter 18. And this is an amazing um, uh, way of, amazing parable to understand what actually um, a faith is and how can you really have that uh, persistent faith that can actually bring you that uh, answer and what you're looking for. So many of us have prayed so many times, but we haven't seen that answer that we are looking for. And we started by faith and we said, well, you know, I had faith and I prayed, but that didn't happen. And today we are going to see that last part that we usually add to our words, to our sentence, or that didn't happen. We have to remove that from our mindset, from our beliefs because if that didn't happen then what do you want to do so today we are going to understand this widow that Jesus brought that example for us so we can have a wisdom and understand that there is such there is no such a thing as that didn't happen and we will persist and persist in our faith and in our beliefs until it happens and this is called a single mind having one belief and one mind and we don't and not having different options I found myself that I start with believing and that's my option number a but all of a sudden I have another option and I have option number b and other ways and stuff comes and before I know that Jesus was my first choice but now he's not anymore the second choice in the faith that I'm walking So understanding this parable is going to help us that uh, how can we actually break out of those unbeliefs that we have so that we can eventually and finally see the faith that is working in our lives. Okay, so let's go to Luke chapter 18. And in Luke chapter 18, Jesus is bringing this parable and I'm gonna um, read from verse 1 and we are gonna read all the way to verse 18 and as I'm reading verse by verse I just I'm just gonna point out some points that I know it's important to keep in mind and I want to encourage you to grab your Bible and follow along with me and 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 as I'm highlighting some words you may want to circle it and later after you finish watching this video go and say that for you and wait for the Lord to make it even deeper in your life and to make that relevant in your situation that's an amazing thing with the Word of God because it can 
apply to everyone into every situation and every level of growth that they are at. And what we do as we grow in our understanding of the Christ, we keep peeling off another layer of uh, revelations for the scriptures so that we can finally become into that full maturity of the son uh, son of god and knowing who really who we are so in verse 1 in luke chapter 8 18 jesus is talking and he says then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart so here's the thing jesus talks about the prayer i said okay you have to always pray and not lose heart usually what we when we read this and we are like okay so let's go to our room and keep praying and keep praying and we have to pray and pray and pray so this video is not about the understanding of the prayer but even though it's going to help us to understand what actually prayer actually is and what is what jesus is talking about but interesting interestingly the at the end of the parable in verse 8 jesus says when the son of man comes will he really find faith on earth do you see that jesus is linking that uh, keep praying and not losing heart now he's linking that to having faith so one of the meanings that we can just right now understand from these two scripture is if you continue in the faith that means you'll never lose heart and and jesus brings an example to explain how does that gonna look like for us he says okay in verse 2 saying there was a certain city a judge who did not fear god or no regard man now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying get justice for me from my adversaries okay here's the thing let's just wait here why is it that jesus is saying a widow he doesn't he doesn't say a woman so why is he pointing specifically to a person who had the husband and the husband died and now she is a widow so now here's the thing it's this woman it's a widow so there is a point in this why because then she's then jesus is talking about the adversaries she comes to the judge and she says i want you to get justice uh, for me from my adversaries and that means if she's a widow and she has the adversary then this adversary must be related to her ex-husband that's why why would jesus say widow she could use there was a woman came to um, this judge and said take vengeance on my adversary so do you see every word that we read can help us to understand another word so that's why the adversary that this woman has must be related to her to her ex-husband to her husband who had passed and now she is the widow so it says get justice actually the right word for that it's avenge have your vengeance avenge on my adversaries so i'm not going to go deep on this understanding of the vengeance and even though we i have a video that you can just watch it here up here after you watch this video make sure you watch the vengeance of the lord that i explained in that video clearly we went through many scriptures to understand that the vengeance of the lord it's actually a good thing for us we need the vengeance of the lord so that we can break free from all the things that are holding 
holding us back. And if I don't understand the vengeance of the Lord, and if I don't know that God is a judge and he can actually bring vengeance on my adversary, so I'm not going to have persistent faith so I can receive that in my life. So make sure you actually watch that video. But here's the thing. Uh, Let's continue in verse 4. It says, and he would not for a while, but after what he said within himself, though I did not, I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming, she wears me. So uh, she weary me. So the interesting part is this judge is unjust. So she finally, this woman kept coming. The word continual coming, actually, one of the translation for this word is it's, it's like a never ending coming, basically end of coming. Just like she keeps coming and coming and coming. And now what happened is like, um, I don't, I'm just tired of this woman. The unjust judge says, and I'm just going to give her what she wants. So now hear what Jesus says. Jesus brings that parable. I love how Jesus speaks in parables because there's so much mystery and wisdom hidden in the parables. Jesus said, then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. So basically pay attention. He was the unjust judge. And eventually he was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to just give this woman what she wants because she's just driving me crazy by coming and keep coming to me. And now Jesus continues and says, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? So here it says, Shall not God, so we know God is a just God, basically. Jesus said, well, in your example of the world, if this judge is unjust and eventually said, oh, okay, I'm just going to give this woman what she wants. How much more God, who is the just God, is going to avenge? So what did she say here? What did he say? He said, shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night. So here's the thing. Jesus, let's just do the comparison here. So we have a method and that actually we teach in our Bible study course available. It's called a comparison method. So you compare the stories together so you can understand them. So here's the thing. You, it says there's a woman came to this judge asking for vengeance on her adversaries. So how much more God's elect, when they, when they come to him, to God, he's going to have vengeance on their adversary. Woman, God's elect. Woman went to the judge, God's elect goes to God, praying day and night. So here's the thing. The woman is the widow. This widow goes to God, And now this widow is actually, this widow is God's elect. How much more is he not going to avenge on his own elect? So do you remember that if you find this word and if you have a little study, which I want to keep this video short and I leave that for you here, that Paul writes in Colossians and says, as the elect of God, let us uh, put ourselves or clothe ourselves with thankfulness. 
even you can find that in first Peter chapter two, it says we are the chosen generation. The word chosen, it's the same word elect. We are the elect generation. Or even Peter starts in his beginning of letters and he writes his letters to the elect of God. So who are the elects? Simply those who believe, those who have come to Jesus, the church of the living God, they are the elect of God. So here says the widow came to the judge, how much more God's own elect come to him and he's going to answer them. So simply, what is he saying? He says, okay, if you are coming to God for prayer, so basically you are a widow. And you, when you do the prayer, it's like you are entering into the court of justice and asking God, the just God, to bring the avenge on whatever you are struggling or whatever enemy you have. And obviously, those adversaries are related to your husband, which is dead. So we are that widow. But here's the thing. What does that mean? And how's that going to, like, what do you mean I, ha- I am a widow? So in this video, I'm going to, we are going to find out um, why are we widow? Who, are, who is the widow? Who is the uh, old husband? Who are the adversaries? And how can we have this persistent faith? that can actually have the vengeance of God on our adversaries so we can break free from all those things that are holding us back so or bothering us or whatever it is so now here's the thing um if we don't understand those we don't understand this scripture so but if we understand them we can understand wow what is Jesus is talking about so let's go to Romans chapter 7 and what I'm going to do, even though there are many scriptures, but I'm just going to, because I want to keep this video short, and it, these scriptures that I'm going to read to you, it's more than enough for us to understand the widow, the old husband, and, and uh, the adversaries, so we can basically live in that faith state uh, of the lifestyle that we can have. Uh, I'm going to read in Romans chapter 7, I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 6, and we do need to make a few corrections in the translation here, and we need to consider no translation is perfect, and people who are translated the Bible, they did out of their own revelation and understanding. For example, I realized one of the books that have the worst translation is the book of Hebrews and the book of Revelations. Because these two books, there there are not much preaching out there about them and there's not much revelation. And that's why, you know, usually when the translators are translating, they think what it means rather than writing what it means, basically. So here's the thing. We are going to make some correction here to understand who's the widow, who's the husband, who's dead, and who are the adversaries. Okay, so let's read from verse 1 in Romans chapter 7. So our brother Paul is talking here and he says, Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. Okay, so he says, okay, let me just bring the example of the law so I can open up something greater for us in Christ. Under the law, 
a man has um, the law has dominion or authority over that person as long as that person is alive why because law was the law of the fleshly commandment is for someone who was alive in the flesh basically so now paul goes and explains that a little deeper in verse 2 he says in verse 2 that for the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives but if the husband dies she's released from the law of her husband so she's basically um, Paul actually Paul here is trying to uh, say okay now let's understand um, this concept of the law in a husband and wife relationship so as long as a woman and a man they are married together there is a law that holding them to dig together and bound them together but the moment the husband dies the woman is free from the law which was keeping her to the basically to that to the husband so do you see the widow here so the husband dies this woman becomes a widow and now she's free from the law of that um, was holding her to the old husband but the, the, because this husband is dead that's why Paul in verse 3 says so then if while her husband lives she marries another man she will be called an adulteress um, but if her husband dies she's free from the law so that she is no adulteress though she has married another man so let me just put that in a picture because I want all of us to see this picture and if we get this picture we understand this deeper so Paul says there is a man here and, and this man is married or bound or chained or married to this uh, woman and this woman is under this uh, law that is holding her to her husband so this law is bounding so that's why this woman can never go marry someone else because there is a law that is holding her to her husband but the moment the husband dies then this law is also broken and removed and now this woman becomes a widow but she is a widow but she is free from this law that was holding her to the husband so now we see the widow here and we're going to see shortly okay who is this widow and now who is the law what is the law and or who's the old husband Paul explains that actually in verse 4 therefore my brethren you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ so this is the incorrect translation because here because the next verse says that you might be married to another one so here's the thing it says so you are the one who's widow basically so the correct translation the word have become dead may actually it has to be the word put to death and we see that in multiple places uh, in, in the new testament and when you get a chance please study this word so therefore the right translation needs to be this therefore my brethren you put to death the law through the body of christ that you might be married to another to whom who was raised from the dead that we should bear fruit to god so here's the thing if 
if the translation says you also have become dead to the law then you that means you're the husband who died but no you're the woman the elect of God, the one who was married to someone else, and now you need to marry to another, the Christ. If you are dead, so how can you marry to another? So here's the point. So the one who is actually alive is the widow, but the thing is, so your husband died. That's why Paul says, okay, now you need to put to death the law also, and don't let the law to hold you back to the to the old husband. And interestingly, the next verse tells us who is the old husband. Look at verse five. It says, for when we were in the flesh, there we are, that's the husband, for when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were, uh, which, were, which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. So do you see, we saw when you are in the flesh, there is a law that is bounding you to the flesh. Flesh becomes your husband and now there is a law that says your husband and wife and now you need to get together and bear fruit of your womb, bear a fruit of this marriage and that fruit was death. So interestingly, I think this is amazing. What does he say? He says, but now here's the thing, when you were in the flesh. So let me show you in the picture here that therefore this husband that you were bound to him by the law, he's, he, he was the flesh. So flesh was your husband. There was a time that you were in the flesh and there was a law that kept you married to the flesh and the fruit of this marriage was the death, but whose death? The death of the woman. So now it says when you were in that union and you were in that fellowship, you are not the flesh. When you were in the flesh, that fruit killed you. So therefore, the, when you are in the flesh, the husband is alive and active, but you eventually bear fruit to death. But here says, okay, you know, the law that is holding you to this um, uh, the um, flesh is no longer valid and it should be of no effect in your life. Why? Because the moment Jesus went on the cross, that flesh died there. How, where do we see that? We see that actually in verse 4. In verse 4 says, therefore you put to death the law through the body of Christ so that you can live to the resurrected Christ. Do you see the death and resurrection of Jesus? It says the death of Jesus, it's where your husband dies. Who is your husband? The flesh, the old man we can call it. And now you are free from old husband, but law is alive. And now it's your time to understand, okay, I'm not going to remarry to this dead person. I'm not. I'm free from this law. That's why Paul writes and says, you know what? You need to put that law to death on the cross as well. So, so let's go to verse 6. It says, but now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, that we should serve in the newness of 
of God, um, newness of the spirit, and not in the oldness of the letter. So let's make another correction in this verse. Verse 6 says, this is how it should says, but now we have been delivered from the law, or the word delivered is no effect. Now the law has no effect on us. Having died to what we were held by. So the word having died is basically died. So it says what we were held by is died or died or passed away. So what was it? Our husband who was holding, holding us accountable. Uh, it, was the, it was our husband, the flesh. So now that's why the, what, what we were hold, what was holding us is dead. Therefore, the law has no effect over us. So now it's really interesting because when you are in Christ, when the moment you come to him, you become a widow. Because the law that is going to hold you to the new husband is not going to bear fruit to kill you. Actually, it bears fruit for you to have life. And what happened is the moment you come to him, you become the widow, the one who gets free from the law of the sin and death, which we read that in Hebrews chapter 8. The law of sin and death is not going to be active anymore because your husband, the flesh, is dead. And I think this is an amazing truth of the gospel. And now Jesus brings that parable and says, you know what? If you are the elect of God, that means that, and you keep coming, that means, first of all, you're going to have an adversary. And, but who is your adversary? Obviously, according to what we read, it's the law that still wants to bear fruit in you, even though you don't have the husband even though that husband is already dead. So your adversary is the law. Your adversary is the passion or the sin that wants to rise up. Your adversary is the death, the fruit of all these things together, basically. So now here's the thing. The moment you come to Jesus, you become widow. That means you're free from this husband because this husband dies. Thank God he's dead. So the interesting part is we didn't divorce our husband. Our husband flesh died and now we are free. How did he die? Jesus killed him on the cross, basically, if I want to put it very simple. But he's, he died. The flesh was is dead on the cross. But here's the thing. Jesus says, but here, I know you're a widow. And here's the thing. You, you are to go, you ought to marry to another man who I am your husband, the Christ, the spirit of the living God. And, but you're not there yet. You are the widow still. You're not a wife. You are not the bride or, you know, you haven't become that wife yet. You are that in a stage. Some of you are in that stage. But what happened is the adversaries are holding you and want to bring the fruits that they used to bring in flesh in your life, which is sin and death. So, and every effect of them in your life. So that's why the apostle Paul in chapter six, he keeps writing and writing. Now you're dead. It's weird. We, we died with Christ. Who died? The flesh, the husband that we became one with and we took that as our own, as our the one who we are one in the flesh and born with the f- flesh. 
And now Paul says, okay, that's done. Now you've got to come. Don't let sin to start ruling and reigning over you again because there is no um, uh, husband anymore. So, so here's the thing. When you come to Christ, now it's the matter of another law, which chapter one in um, verse eight, um, um, chapter eight, verse one says, now we have come to the law of the spirit of life, basically. And now we have a new husband. So here's the thing. As a widow, the own elect of God, this is true that you haven't received uh, or you haven't experienced that uh, resurrected or um, you haven't been one in your flesh even with this resurrected Christ who is your husband. So, and now this law wants to hold you back and death wants to bear fruit in you and sin wants to rule in your life. But here's the thing, Christ put an end to the husband, the flesh. Now it's your time to understand that law has no effect over you and now you can be free from any fruits that this thing was going to bear in you so you're free from the power of sin, from the power of law, and from the fruit that sin um, wants to basically bear fruit in your life. So interestingly, the word adversary in 1 Peter, let me show you uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, Peter talks about the adversary and he used the same word that Jesus actually used in um, Luke chapter 18 talking about the adversary of the woman but we just saw that the adversary according to the uh, Hebrews chapter 7 is not actually the devil the way that we know the devil something entity out there trying to uh, trap us is actually um, you know it's um, it's the sin it's the sin that wants to bear fruit in your life. Uh, but uh, interestingly, 1 Peter uh, talks about this uh, in his letter. In 1 Peter chapter 5, he talks about the adversary. And verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he says, okay, the adversary is the devil and it's like a roaring lion. So the, the thing is, we need to redefine every word. We, the reason we don't understand many other verses in the Bible, because our understanding of those words that made a sentence needs to be changed or more accurate. So here says the devil is the, actually it's your, it's the adversary. And now, the, but we just went through a lot of scripture and we realized, oh, okay, the adversary simply is someone who's, who becomes into your point, like, uh, who, um, uh, basically um, um, be, um, comes to the court to uh, complain about you or someone who is, uh, who is who's your opponent and Jesus and basically uh, uh, Peter here says you know the adversary is like a roaring lion what is he pointing at who is the roaring lion what's the purpose of a roaring roaring lion the roaring lion roars to make 
he's prey afraid and the moment uh, the prey become afraid and they start running away now it's time for the lion to go hunting and go for the for the for the prey so here says when he, when you start hearing the roaring of the lion now which i'm gonna get there but you stand be sober verse 9 says resist him steadfast in the faith or basically stand strong in the faith don't run away from the fear but you stand strong in the faith why because you are standing in front of a judge who is just and he you are that widow that uh, this lion wants to devour but now you have come to the just judge and ask him for his vengeance so you don't run away in fear from your adversaries you stand fast in faith and in believing until you receive that uh, request that you have to get rid of this adversary in your life but the interesting is um the interesting part is if we go to um ezekiel uh, let's go to ezekiel chapter 22 and ezekiel exactly like you know sometimes you wonder that how these uh, the examples that they bring in the new testament the apostle where do they get those examples and obviously they get them from old testament because they read the old testament and and sometimes they put their own understanding and revelation of the old testament that the holy spirit revealed to them so peter reveal, brings that example of a roaring lion and and faith and if you go to Ezekiel chapter 22, you'll see Ezekiel is talking to the roar, uh, talking about the roaring lions. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read for you that one verse that talks about the roaring lion. And it tells us who are the roaring lions. Verse 25, the conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion so do you see the prophets are like a roaring lion a lion tearing the prey so who are the prey we just read it the widows the widows are the preys that the that the adversary wants to devour so they have devoured people here though so they have devoured people they have taken treasure and uh, precious things they have made many widows in her midst so I think maybe the translation can uh, become, we can read in the spirit and understand it's just like they have devoured many widows basically. So there are many widows in their midst. But uh, James tells us in James chapter 1, visit the widows and orphans. Who are the widows? Love them, show them that uh, faith or that um, plan that God has for them don't let them sit there and be devoured by the false prophets and false teachers so if the if the prophets are the roaring lions and the roaring lion is the devil and the devil is the adversary and adversary is trying to devour you as the widow then therefore and uh, all you need to do is you need to go to the just judge and ask for that uh, vengeance but where the where the vengeance come on what 
the adversary is talking, roaring at your ears. The prophets, the false teachings, the false ideas, the false image that he gives you, showing you, no, your husband is not dead. You're still bound to the flesh. You can never be free, break free from the sin. You can never break free from the death. This is what it is. You gotta go where everyone else is going. And this is the roaring lion. Right now we are hearing this everywhere. But now here's this, hold on a second. According to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, your husband is dead. Now you are the widow and you are going to marry another one, the Christ who is raised from the dead. You have The flesh has no power over you. Sin has no power and there is no law that can hold you back to your old husband and bring the fruit of death in your life. So this is called faith. When you stand in your belief and in the truth of the gospel, you don't run away fearful from your adversaries because you're hearing roaring into your ear. You stand in front of the court and the judge, uh, the, the judgment seat of God asking for the judgment on the adversaries because we believe that our husband is dead. We are not bound to that flesh. We, are, we have now go for the new husband who can give us life, who is the Christ, the one who is resurrected from the dead. So do you see so many times we start by faith, but what happened is we are like, oh, it didn't work. I prayed it didn't work. I prayed it didn't work. And I understand and we have had experiences, but what if that it's gonna work? What if you keep trying and keep trying and have that persistent faith because there is no way, there's no other way. There's only one way because you know the truth and you know that you are not going to be bound to your adversary. I'm going to stand in faith, resist this voice, this image that is talking to me, believing in what the cross has done. Um, I hope this teaching has been a blessing to you and understanding that you are not bound to any weakness, to any sickness, to any um, anything. You're not bound to any addiction. You're not bound to sin. And those things have no power to make fruit in your life. So why don't you stand up, resist, face the adversary, and maybe roar back because you're standing in front of the court, the judge of the, the living God who judges you righteously and avenge uh, you on, on your enemies and bring you into that new marriage the Christ and so that you can experience the fullness of life that is in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope uh, that it was a blessing to you. If you haven't subscribed, please go ahead and subscribe to our channel as we dig deep in the scriptures. If you have any questions, please leave that in the comment section. I will do my best to answer any questions that you might have. And until next week, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Rose and Masood Ramandi. We hope you stay connected by subscribing to our podcast to receive latest teachings to keep you growing in the knowledge of God. If you would like to support our ministry to continue spreading the fragrance of his knowledge, please visit our website at perfectedbyblood.com forward slash donation. 
For more teachings, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash perfected by blood. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter yet, go to perfectedbyblood.com forward slash sign up and sign up. You'll get a free ebook called Unveiled Word, a simple guide to understand the Bible. You'll also be notified about new articles about our ministry updates and our upcoming brand new online courses. And if you're ready to take your life into a whole new level to go deeper and go bigger in God, make sure you grab my book, The Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. When you order your copy, you're really supporting our ministry and the message we carry. And you'll also be getting a book that it will reveal to you how you can stop trying to fulfill God's supernatural plan for your life through natural means. Instead, you can receive the power of His mercy through deeper understanding of God's compassionate heart. This book helps you to change your mind, believe in God's goodness, receive His involvement in your day-to-day life, and finally, lift up the burdens off of your shoulders. It's called The Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. Thanks for tuning in.